Welcome back to Series Regular, the Hollywood Reporter's all-in podcast focused on genre television and presently focused on HBO's Westworld. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler. And when we tell you that Series Regular is an all-in podcast on genre television, we really mean it this week. This podcast is all about genre, the fifth episode of Westworld Season 3. If you missed it, tune out now. Go watch it, unless you don't mind the spoilers, because we're going to get into the spoilers pretty quickly here. Genre was literally a genre-bending episode, as Westworld newcomer Aaron Paul, in the role of Caleb Nichols, spends much of the episode tripping on a drug from the future called genre. Its purpose? To make you experience the world in multiple film genres. What's happening to me? Sounds like it would be a pretty wild ride here, right? Lots of different types of movies out there, so many different genres to traverse. Well, we'll talk about how that landed today here on Series Regular, as Mariah Gullo, my co-host on All Things Westworld, will join me in just a few minutes to talk about everything that went down with the genre drug and how we're reacting to it. From a plot standpoint, this was a big one. Dolores finally acted on her plan to reveal Rehoboam to the world. We're going to open their cages. The system's written their life story. They should get to read it. You can't do that. That's reckless. You have no idea what they'll do in response. It could lead to suicides, murder. It's their fate, their data. You just stole it and put it all together. Why should you control it? This isn't about me or insight. There are some things people should know about themselves. In collaboration with yet another version of herself, another version of Dolores, this one played by Tommy Flanagan, Dolores was able to reveal insight into insight to the rest of humanity at large. The results, pretty brutal, and results that live up to the tagline of season three. Free will isn't free. The unspoken piece of that is it comes at a cost, and the cost is pretty heavy for a lot of the people who find out about what roles they've been cast into in their society. Beyond that, we find out a whole lot more about Ciroc, the character played by Vincent Castle, set up as the antagonist of the season. At least he's the antagonist, depending on your viewpoint of what it is he's doing with humanity and how much you find yourself aligned with Dolores, whichever Dolores it is you choose to align yourself with. A lot of insight into Ciroc as we find out that he and his brother are the founders of Rehoboam, a project they took on after losing their home city and everyone that they knew in a nuclear disaster in Paris long ago. We'll talk about all of that and more today as we dig into the events of genre between myself and my co-host, senior producer at The Hollywood Reporter, Mariah Gullo. Mariah, bring yourself online. Hopefully you're seeing not just in black and white. Hopefully everything's pretty clear for you at the moment. <laughs> Glad to see you finally doing personals, Cal. I know. Oh my God. It's my I've never favorite seen line. anybody like I've never seen anybody so happy to see another person like getting into the murder game. Uh, <laughs> oh. Lena Waithe was really pumped about that. Or Ash, I should say, is her character. Oh, Josh, I have so many emotions about this episode. So many emotions and feelings. Well, that's appropriate, right? Because that's what the genre drug does to you is it makes you feel and see all sorts of different movies, 
kind of at least that's what it's theoretically supposed to do. Uh, give me, give me a ball, give me, give me a broad spectrum, Mariah. Br- brush strokes. What are what are some of the emotions that this episode made you feel? Well, I I think. I think the storytellers took a big swing on the genre drug, and I find in science fiction that sometimes there are theories and ideas that come out in science fiction that can be big swings and can be misses. And for me, the genre drug, I get it. it it's such a great concept, but how it was executed for me, I I just thought it was really silly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm deeply inside as many of us are and yet I felt a big gust of wind watching Westworld season 3 episode 5. It must be from the whiff. Uh and with all all respect to to Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy who who are fantastic and and I I've loved so much of Westworld. Um but I expect Mariah that this will be a pretty con- I think this will be a consensus opinion maybe not all across the board but I would guess that a lot of people are going to feel very similarly to you I certainly do the idea of certainly you're naming an episode genre you're building it around the fact that Aaron Paul's character is going to get uh, placed on this drug that we've been hearing about over the past couple of episodes and really all it seems to do is turn things into like he gets like a film noir filter on everything like everything's <laughs> All like black and white Tokyo Instagram. That's you know, right. Like it that's- is. It's kind of like an Instagram filter uh, with a little bit of music. And and hats off, the music was incredible. Terrific. Terrific. Wagner, Bowie, yep. Iggy Pop, and Fisher Spooner. Like I was in heaven. The Bowie was great. That was such a good music cue, and uh, for the moment, like it, it was, it was all of that was great. But if if all genre does is like make you like see things in black and white and like hear cool music, then it's like. Is it so bad? It seems like it's you know pretty pretty light as far as future drugs are concerned. Maybe I don't know. They've turned it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the character development with Aaron Paul's character in the episode. I thought that the genre was kind of a distraction that didn't really work, and I just think that sometimes people can paint themselves into a corner by having a great idea. But then somehow it's just not visually executed. And that's Correct. like I said, the music was amazing, but the execution of like being on the drug and, you know, it's not easy to do a drug movie, you know, yeah. like train spotting, you know, is a rare, a rare exception to the rule. Trippy sequences can be tough because like either they're just sort of trippy to be trippy and like things are just happening within the scene that are kind of like, you know, gobbledygook and they don't really make a lot of sense. Uh, and you you feel like it's just happening just like for things to feel weird, but no real like story intention behind it or even I think more sinfully, no real thematic intention behind it. And this I felt it was kind of like. It, it was committing that latter sin. It was that there did not feel like a lot of thematic intention behind a lot of these choices. I think like maybe like briefly Cal like goes into, uh, you know, a little bit of like a, a romance movie yeah. when he's watching Dolores, you know, kill a bunch of people is sort of interesting. Uh, but between that and like Flight of the Valkyrie just scoring the the escalation of the car chase there was no other real way of signaling like a shift from noir into action movie. I didn't feel like, so I actually thought that it was, it was both like sort of like thematically a little inconsistent, but it also just didn't really make you feel anything. And the fact that it was, it was kind of dry in, in the, in the visual presentation is definitely a disappointment. And, and I think it doesn't help the show's case. It doesn't help Westworld's case that 
earlier uh, or several months ago now, late in 2019, HBO had another drama with a big fat W at the at the head of its title, uh, Watchmen, that did an episode that operates under a relatively similar premise where Regina King's character takes uh, a drug called nostalgia. And she's basically tripping through somebody's memories by, by taking these drugs. And it's mm-hmm. very thematically compelling. It is very visually compelling. Um, so I think like this kind of an episode, Mr. Robot has done similar stuff in the past. Uh, you can imagine like what, what Noah Hawley, who does Fargo and, and, and did Legion, what he might've done with an episode like this. And I think if you're gonna, if you're, if you're gonna have this be a premise for an episode and you're going to call the ep- like you're going to name the episode after it when there's a lot of other stuff that's happening in the episode there's so much plot oh, that yeah. happens in this episode that we have to talk about so i think pin everything on genre and then this is what's delivered i think it's going to be hard to not feel a bit underwhelmed by it um so at the very least you and i are on the same page with that and i i would expect a lot of people who watched westworld tonight uh, are going to feel similarly yeah you heard it here kids Drugs are lame. Drugs, <laughs> drugs are, are lame. lame. Drugs are bad. <laughs> don't do drugs. Okay, apparently um, don't work very well either. Especially no, for no. plot plot uh, uh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> pretty light. Pretty 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 light trip. So at least that's it was good light, news. It was a light trip. You know, normally I would say like don't uh, don't take drugs and shoot a grenade launcher, but apparently uh, if you're on genre and you've got a robot with you who can control uh, remote controlled rockets, uh, it actually, it's just fine. No, seriously, don't don't take drugs and use a grenade launcher. That's a bad idea. If genre like tur- like morphed y- your you know it, like if Aaron Paul looked over and Evan Rachel Wood had turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger, now that <laughs> yeah, yeah. a genre drug that would scare the crap out of me. So, so we have a lot of questions about Caleb in this episode. There seems to be a lot more to Caleb than meets the eye, and I am pulling a Transformers uh, slogan <laughs> for a reason because is it possible that Caleb is a robot? Is it possible that he is, like, interwoven into the host technology? He seems to be uh, – is, is he an outlier? Is he part of that outlier facility uh, that Serac has, uh, that he's rounding up people who he views as outliers that Rehoboam can't predict – What's his connection there? Is he somehow Serac's brother or Serac's son or Serac's brother's son? There's some sort of connection going on with with Caleb there. Um, but let's say he's connected closer to Delos. Let's say he's closer uh, connected to Dolores and he's close, more closely connected to what's going on with the robots. I think even if he's just connected to Serac, I think that you can use that genre trip as a way to like visually convey that if he's starting to see Ciroc and we as the viewer, like how is Caleb able to see this man? How does he know who Ciroc is? We'll build a lot of intrigue about what this character has been involved in, what he may have been up to in the past. Obviously that's, that's hinging a lot on some predictions for a character that we have no idea where it's really going. Um, but like, imagine, Mariah, to the to the to the point of what if Schwarzenegger showed up and Dolores was there as Schwarzenegger, or just like somebody who had been on Westworld before. Like, maybe this is a way, like, you bring like James Marsden onto the show, where suddenly, like, you know, Caleb looks over at Dolores and she's like in full on Teddy mode and is doing like some sort of like square jawed James Marsden action scene, or he suddenly is Teddy, like Caleb himself, like looks in the mirror and he's uh, and. That's like echoing the themes of Dolores 
maybe using another man who's hopelessly in love with her. I just felt like there's there's a lot of potential there just from from that visual standpoint that you're talking about of like really taking the swing and 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 you know connecting with the ball. I think like it's not enough to just have the idea of here's a character that's going to be tripping on a drug that is going to allow you to hear different uh, pieces of the admittedly fantastic music selection and Ramin Jawadi score throughout Westworld, but also is going to make you literally see stuff that you just never expected to see. That would have been fun. I, I And I'm really here for uh, Dolores as Schwarzenegger, I think would have been, uh, <laughs> that would have been fantastic. I, you know, now that, now that you're talking about it, I feel like genre would have been great in season one or season two if they had taken the drugs in the park yep. and you could see how it changed people's experiences in the park and made mo- different movies out of the adventure that they were already on. I mean, right. that seems like a good place to have put it. it maybe it uh, got kicked. Maybe it was an idea that got kicked down into season three. Yeah, it just didn't really have a great place here, I think. I mean, actually, it's wrong. It had a great place here. Like, this could have been wild. <laughs> it could have been absolutely <laughs> crazy. Uh, and and I'm, I don't want to complain about seeing, you know, Marshawn Lynch back and Lena Waithe back. Great to see yeah. them back. But hard to imagine how they're going to refactor into the plot now. It feels like yeah. we're full steam ahead, right? Yeah. So this was all that they were used for. And, like, there's not even even like a lot of like really fun interplay with them with the genre drugs. So uh, just, it does kind of feel like a little bit of a miss here, which is, which is sad. I think, I think pretty easily for me, the bottom ranked of, of season three so far through five episodes. And that's a shame because so much is happening on the story front that I think we should dig into. Yes. Not the least of which is that, Everybody knows what Rehoboam is capable of now. That has been unlocked for everybody. It's like the end of Cruel Intentions when everybody finds out what's in Sarah Michelle Geller's notebook uh, or what's in <laughs> Ryan Philippe's notebook. Uh, and they now know that Sarah Michelle Geller has cocaine in her cross necklace. And the one principal just like shakes his head very disapprovingly at Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> it's it's that writ large, Mariah. That's the world of Westworld now. I I also felt like it was the beginning of Strange Days, where you see that society is on the brink of some big disaster. Like it felt like everybody was just all of a sudden going to riot in the streets. And that reminded me a lot of Strange Days, which is one of my favorite movies. But I also recognize can, is very cheesy. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> I think the one area where the genre drug worked for me is this idea of, um, and it would have been even more impactful if like the trip had been very, you know, significant and substantial in, in its substance, but we've talked that through, but the idea of Caleb kind of like sobering up in the cold light of day and stepping outside of the station in Santa Monica and seeing what he just helped Dolores do and what the impact on individual human lives has been. Yeah. Uh, like that feels like it was a very chilling kind of like sobering thing as Major Tom is playing and you're seeing like people pushing each other around and like literally physically fighting on the streets and like, uh, you know, people like skateboarding on on things that they shouldn't be skateboarding <laughs> on and like, you know, like, you know, like end of days type stuff. Like it doesn't matter. Let's just go boarding, bro. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I thought I thought that that actually was effective as far as like we need to push Caleb probably into a territory 
where he's going to start to wonder, did he just do the right thing or did he actually just make things so much worse? Uh, and I know that that's been one of those like philosophical questions that, as you have mentioned on the podcast before, like these are the types of debates that you have had with your partner before in the past of like, if you could just have like a computer system dictate life, would, is that the right move or not? And that's right. been very core to the premise of the show. And, and you and I have talked about that a little bit too. And I think this episode uh, really wanted to put both arms around that subject and present it to us and make us feel like, okay, so this is what Dolores wanted. What do you think it is? Is this good or is this bad? And that was the one part of the episode where I thought like it was it was effectively drawn by Caleb, kind of like now he's not tripping anymore. The, the Marshawn Lynch character giggles, tells him like, uh, what genre is this? It's like, oh, this isn't a genre. This is reality. I love that Ciroc and Liam are still like the voice of People need to be under control. We can make a better humanity if we can control humanity. And Dolores is on the side of free will. And they've set up so much foreshadowing with Caleb that he is going to be a pivotal decider between these two two, uh, schools of thought. There's this romance, obviously, that's brewing between him and Dolores. But there's also this mistrust from, you know, he really did listen to Liam when Liam was telling him there's something wrong, there's something you're not re- remembering correctly. And there's this mistrust between him and Dolores. Perhaps she's not telling me everything that she needs to tell me. Yeah. And uh, we're really seeing that at the end. And it's very exciting. It's exciting to see. I mean, I, I wrote in my notes, Caleb, who the heck are you? What are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have, do you have any do you have any theories in, in that regard? Because it does seem like when he's with Liam and Liam is dying, uh, Liam seems to be freaking out. And there's all this talk about like, you don't even know who you are. You don't even know what you are. Um, did the episode give you any clues as to is Caleb just another Dolores, Mariah? Uh, should we just assume that all all mystery characters are Dolores until proven otherwise? <laughs> you know, I also wrote in my notes, I don't think Bernard is Dolores. But yeah, I do think that- Unless, like, the reason why Bernard is so important, because Bernard's like, it seems like they're not done with me. I think I have a, an important role to play. Maybe it's because you're the most important Dolores of them all, Bernard. <laughs> right. No, but I think you're right. I think you're right. I do think that Dolores might be pitted against Dolores at some point yeah. because Bernard keeps hitting home that if you spend time in a body, it changes you. And it makes me think Dolores might be the last non-Dolores Dolores standing and there might be a conflict there. But getting back to what you said about Caleb, I think that Caleb definitely killed his friend who he thinks died in battle or his friends who died in battle. I think definitely he is responsible for their deaths. But also I think that because it seems pretty obvious, so that might be incorrect. (laughs) I might be following the rabbit down the hole. No, I, well, I think the rabbit might be leading us to the right place. I think, I think it, it feels like what was Caleb doing? And I think when we see a lot of like those military flashes of him, he's often in kind of like, 
you know, some sort of like sort of like security uniform, like black ops uniform. Doesn't seem like he's really in like a combat zone necessarily. Yes. And it, it it does make me wonder, especially now that we see so much from Ciroc's perspective this episode. And I'll, I'll say I really enjoyed getting to know that character a lot more. And we've got an interview up at THR.com slash Westworld right now with Vincent Cassell about getting into Ciroc and getting more under the hood. And I really enjoyed talking to him about that and his perspective of like, well, are you happy that Ciroc is losing right now? I guess it depends on your philosophy on like what's good for humanity. And I thought that he, you know, he talked about how uh, Ciroc, even though he's sort of like fascistic in in his methods, that what he's trying to do is pretty noble and is coming from a place of pain. But I think that that also uh, is being framed without us fully knowing what he's doing with the outliers. Uh, what is he? What is he doing with the people he's rounding up? What are these experiments? I don't know if the episode wanted that to be really clear to us because if the, if it did, Mariah, it wasn't terribly clear to me. Right. Ultimately, what is being done with the outliers, what all those he's experiments just, he's are. He's editing them. What does that mean? Right. He's editing their genes. Mean? Right. Are right. we going to end up with some animals? Is that what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I don't know about Batman showing up, but some man bat action <laughs> yeah. is not impossible. Yeah. Uh, there could be a scientist that breaks out with wings. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. And and could it be that Aaron Paul's character, that Caleb is the result of some of that genetic splicing? Could he have been coded to to do some some measure of grunt work that was needed? It seems like he's having flashbacks to like uh, like a black site execution, right? Like there's right. somebody who's getting like a bag torn off his head. So was Caleb directly involved in that? I think all of that and then like imagining a world where if he is, you know, manipulatable in the same in the same way that some of the hosts can be via remote control. Maybe that would help explain Mariah why he doesn't want to use his implant anymore. Like if he was being controlled that way or if he is like concerned that he was being controlled that way right. it could help explain why he is feeling as traumatized as he is i think like even if it was just his friend dying in battle he would be you know feeling traumatized by that but would he feel especially traumatized if he you know his friend died in battle because it was his orders to kill him i think that you're probably circling the drain of the answer uh <laughs> I, I don't i don't know i don't know that we're like right on top of it but i would expect that you're you're definitely in the area i think if we if we took one step to the left the the answer would explode in front of us do you have a character right now especially within this episode that you feel like i've told you before that i thought that mave is a reliable narrator when i in Maeve's, Maeve's point of view, I believe in what's happening. Is there anybody that you think is a reliable narrator, in your opinion? No, and I think that <laughs> that is a problem. I think that's I think that's a corner that Westworld has painted itself into. Is that we're we have been uh, so much mistrust has been engendered between the the authors and the readers, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, I do think that that has been that was baked into the premise of the show that the hosts don't know what's going on, so we don't know what's going on, and we're experiencing time the way they experience time. But we've now also been introduced to the idea that characters can be multiple characters. Uh, and so it, it just makes it hard. Like you can't, you want to trust that Bernard genuinely doesn't know what's going on. My instinct would be Bernard is probably the most reliable of any of the characters right now, but he's been so unreliable in the past that <laughs> can true. I, can I rely on him to be reliable now? Uh, can I rely on Stubbs to be reliable now when Stubbs was secretly a host all the time, but otherwise seems like a fairly straight shooter. Uh, so I don't think so. I think... 
I would come closest to agreeing with you about Maeve, though I think that even she would back pocket some intentions from us if she had like an idea of what to do to get out from underneath Sirach's thumb. That's true. Yeah, so I don't really trust anybody. It is an issue. It's an issue. It's a problem. <laughs> and now I don't really trust Caleb either because he's he's kind of graduating from, uh, you know, every man to maybe secret Superman. So yeah. what's, you know, there more than meets the eye with him. And I do think if there was one thing that Westworld needed more of is more characters that are kind of like just sort of like at a certain level that you can trust. And now that the that the page seems to be turning on Caleb, that we can't fully trust him either, it does sort of leave us a little bit adrift. It's like, which Dolores do you trust? You know, is even a question on the board. Is a lot. At least we are. We can. We have fewer Doloreses to keep track of now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because that's helpful. All right. R.I.P. Connells. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to go, too. I. I, Big I time. loved. I loved the uh, special effects of the. Uh, the bad guy uh, disintegrating in front of Sarah's eyes. Cool. That was cool. That was very cool. No, they, they, I think in a lot of, and I think I hate to beat a dead horse here. I, I do think that that's another reason why the genre stuff is so frustrating because so often the show is really visually compelling uh, and and visually innovative. And I felt like uh, the genre stuff like really could have could have driven it further. Uh, and I think a great example of that is within this very episode. Exactly what you're saying is how they played uh, Connell's Dolores, you know, blowing himself up, being like, "I know who the mole is." it was me <laughs> and then hitting the button and then everything blows up and that like blinking out in front of Sirak's eyes. Uh, it was really cool to see Sirak, this cool as a cucumber, bad guy losing his grip on stuff. Yes. Even as he's like kind of like chillingly narrating everything that he's been doing with Rehoboam all along the way. Um, but having that contrasted with him just like losing and losing and losing at every turn. Uh, it was a, a good performance, I really Yes, thought. Dolores and him seem to be on an even playing field now. I feel like uh, now you get the idea that it's anyone's ball game. Yeah, but I, how how does how does Ciroc recover the ball? Right, is the question because Dolores definitely has it right now. Right, she just outed everything that he's been working on. How does he get? Uh, you know, life is on rails at the moment, and that's by design uh, through the work at Insight. How does he? How does he put the the train back on track? Is the question. I mean, he he still has a really cool private jet. So yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't even need the window seat in the Jets of the Future, apparently. It's all window seat all the time, baby. What a cool view. Neat. Although it would be very scary during turbulence. I would hope oh that you'd be God. able to, like, uh, black out the plane. Yeah, I, I think about that with the self-driving cars, too. I'm like, right. I don't want to see that much of the road. No, it's a lot of road. I think I, 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 in the in the sky, I think as a plane, that could be fun. Uh, that could be cool. Uh, but on the road, for whatever reason, that would that would really scare me. Anything else from this episode that really stood out to you? Oh, one thing that I did notice is that uh, the future is very prescient. I saw quite a few extras wearing masks. I saw that as well. And in fact, I have in my notes that there's one man at one of the train stations wearing a mask. And I said, highly implausible, not enough people wearing masks. <laughs> yes. uh, there was like one guy out of six. It's like, we got to boost those numbers up. Yes, and it was nice to see... Uh, Brazil briefly, and I wonder yeah. if Brazil will be coming into play in the future. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy that aspect of this season that we're getting to see more of the world. You know, I, I think we hear about Jakarta, we hear about Berlin in this one. We've obviously been spending a lot of time in California. It'd be cool if there was more to see, but 
Mariah, there's only three more episodes this season, if you can believe it. That feels oh, kind of wow. crazy to me. Time has really flown by. Well, that's really exciting, though, because I would like to see um, Cal be revealed for who he is very soon. I agree. And um, I think we will, because there's only three more episodes. I think, uh, so Westworld is normally 10 episodes. It's eight episodes this season, so it's two fewer than usual. And I wonder if that was the right call, because I think this is the first episode where you really feel that, uh, where a lot has happened here in episode five. Dolores' plan has really gone into overdrive very, very swiftly. Feels like the Delos board takeover. Does that even matter anymore? Uh, if everybody knows, you know, what's going on with Rehoboam at this point, feels like that doesn't really matter. But like, what else does Dolores have up her sleeve? What else is she trying to do? Uh, is she going to now try and offer up an alternative to humanity if the system that they were working on before is so bad? Is she now about to offer up an alternative? And what does that look like? Right. And don't, um, don't I guess forget, that that's the still, big tension. We still have all those hosts and we still have to know how the hosts who have gone on, who are in the forge right now, they're in the forge, correct? They were they're in they're, heaven, they're, in the forge. They're in like, they're in like digital heaven. They were zapped somewhere into some sort of far off digital space, the, the valley beyond. And apparently Dolores knows how to access it. Right. Um, and nobody else does. So uh, will we go there at some point this season? And we, yeah, we have to see a coming together of all the characters. So I, I hope, I mean, it's been really fun to see all these kind of standalone episodes where each character gets featured prominently. But now if we only have three more episodes, I really want to see everybody start coming together. Are you suggesting that in the final episode of Westworld season three, Dolores is going to be standing across a battlefield from Ciroc and all hope appears lost. And then on her headset, she's going to hear on your left. And then a circle, <laughs> a portal is going to appear in the background and everyone from the valley beyond all the disappeared hosts are going to start showing up. Westworld Endgame, Whoa. official crossover, Avengers World. <laughs> the Westworld Endgame. Yeah, I mean... If Dolores needs an army and she has the host, but she doesn't have the bodies, there's a possibility right. of solving that somehow in the last episode. I wonder. Well, she has that warehouse in Singapore that's filled with uh, the that's sake barrels right. filled with like the, the white liquid that typically is used. Uh, the cortical fluid, I think, is what it's called to, to bring the, the host bodies online. Is she prepping for that? Yeah. Is that something I mean, that they like they have like a ton of bodies that are just on standby ready to go? Right. And Sorak is aware of the diver the Yakuza divergence. So yeah. uh perhaps with the distraction of uh destroying Rehoboam or or um at least exposing Rehoboam. Exposing Reho exposing yeah. Rehoboam. Now maybe the body production can ramp up. And where does Maeve come in? I'm, try I'm just trying to predict. I'm trying to predict, and it's not a good idea. It's just not a good yeah. idea. Yeah, Maeve offline for another episode. So we've had uh, five episodes of Westworld and basically two episodes with Maeve in them. Uh, she's briefly in the premiere. Not nearly enough Maeve to my liking. Yeah. And no matter what happens at this point, the maximum amount of Ed Harris we've gotten this season will be three episodes. Uh, if he oh. shows up in these... Or is it maybe he he can have four episodes total if he shows up in every single one of these next three episodes? Not nearly enough Ed Harris for uh, my liking either. Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. I, it, although it does feel like William has kind of hit hit a dead end right now. Yeah, but we still have to figure out what was what the heck was up with the season two finale uh, yes. post credit scene. Unless they just want to chalk it up to he's crazy. What do you want? 
<laughs> I don't it could think be. A, I don't think yeah. <laughs> well, when I ask jo- Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy in a future interview, so what was up with Le- with, with uh, William? And their answers, they're just gonna they're just gonna shrug and say he was crazy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think they probably. I I hope they have a better answer. I'm sure that they do. They're they're very they're very intelligent people. I love talking to them. I'm looking forward to that next time uh, we get to speak with them. That'll be up on thr.com/slash/westworld whenever that interview occurs. I would guess uh, sometime post finale. Mariah, anything else from this episode, or should we just strap in for three more and and see where the where the where the genre takes us? Yeah, I think you know I have a little bit of a genre hangover right now. I was out <laughs> clubbing last yeah. night, so. So I yeah. think I need to lay down and rest. All right. Very easily done. Mariah Gull, you can bring yourself offline. <laughs> and bleep, blop, bloop, indeed. That's going to do it for us here on Series Regular, the Hollywood Reporter's all-in podcast on genre television, including the episode Genre of Westworld Season 3, Episode 5. Next week, the journey continues as we push further into Westworld Season 3. Decoherence is the name of the extravaganza that we are getting into with the sixth installment of season three. Decoherence is also the accusation many people have against Westworld when it doesn't make a lot of sense, but we will be here to guide you through it as best as humanly and even hostly possible. Subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Your ratings and reviews greatly appreciated here amongst the series regular team. You can also contact us seriesregular at thr.com. If you want to reach out to Mariah on Twitter, she is at Murderball on Twitter and I am at Round Howard. We'll be back next week with another discussion of Westworld and until then, may you rest in a deep and dreamless slumber.